Welcome to the second episode of From the Heart, Tying the Threads Through the Evolving Body of Evidence in Heart Failure podcast. With me, Apriti Prem, our resident CBRM experts. For those who have just tuned in to our podcast series for the first time, please do listen into our first episode where we discussed about the basics of heart failure and a brief historical overview of heart failure therapies. The link for the same is given in the description. Today, we'll talk about Entresto. Preeti, let's turn to you. What's so special about Entresto and how does it work in heart failure? Sure. Before we talk about Entresto, I think it is important to understand the two main systems that are involved in the pathophysiology of heart failure. So I'm going to start with that and I hope I can simplify that for our listeners today. The first system that plays a critical role in managing a heart's health is the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system, which is also referred to as the RAS system. Now, this system plays a critical role in the regulation of blood pressure as well as volume homeostasis in the cardiovascular system, which includes the heart and the blood vessels. Now, this system consists of three key hormones, which are the renin, the angiotensin, and the third one is the aldosterone. Renin is, uh, is an enzyme which is secreted uh, by the kidneys into the bloodstream and then that converts the angiotensinogen to angiotensin 1, which is then converted by the angiotensin-converting enzyme to finally angiotensin 2. Now, the function of angiotensin 2 is basically to stimulate the secretion of aldosterone, which is mainly responsible for regulating the salt and water balance of our body. In heart failure, what happens is that RAS system gets overactivated, which leads to a number of effects. One is vasoconstriction, which is narrowing of the blood vessels. It leads to high blood pressure, increased aldosterone levels, and eventually causes cardiac remodeling, which simply means that the essential structure, structure of the heart changes. So this was the first system. Now, there is another system that plays a very important role in heart failure, which is known as the natriuretic peptide system. This is an endocrine system which maintains the fluid and pressure homeostasis in the body by modulating the cardiac and renal functions. Now, this natriuretic peptide system works antagonistically to the RAS system and it has favorable effects on the pathogenesis of heart failure. This compensatory mechanism leads to several positive effects such as vasodilation, which is widening of the blood vessels, natriuresis, which is excretion of sodium in the urine, diuresis, which is Kidneys filtering excessive body fluid, it lowers the blood pressure and also reduces the levels of aldosterone. This natriuretic peptide is broken down by an enzyme which is known as neprilysin, which is also responsible for the breakdown of angiotensin 2. Now, having said that, let's look at how Entresto plays a role in this pathophysiology. So, Entresto is a combination drug which is composed of sacubitril and valsartan. Sacubitril is a prodrug which, upon activation, that acts as a neprilysin inhibitor. So what it does is that it works by blocking the action of neprilysin, thus preventing the breakdown of natriuretic peptides. Now, this eventually leads to a prolonged duration of the favorable effects of these peptides. On the other hand, valsartan is an angiotensin receptor blocker. So what it does essentially is that it works by blocking the RAS system. Now, because neprilysin breaks down angiotensin 2, if we just inhibit the neprilysin, that will result in an accumulation of angiotensin 2. And we don't want that. So for this reason, a neprilysin inhibitor cannot be used alone. It must always be combined with an ARB or ARBs to block the effect of the excess angiotensin 2. So 
via this dual mode of action, which is sacubitril plus the valsartan, it enhances the beneficial response of the neurohormonal system of the heart, at the same time inhibiting the damaging effects of renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system. Wow. Between inhibiting nephrolysin and angiotensin, I hope our listeners are still with us. But in all seriousness, thank you for not just elaborating in Trestor's mode of action, but also putting an overall context, a pathological context, relevant to Entresto's effects. Now that we have discussed uh, how Entresto works, let's look at some of the clinical evidence around this drug. Prem, maybe you can help us understand how good this drug is and what is the level or quality of the evidence in clinical trials? Sure. So, yeah, in its first pivotal trial, which is also called the Paradigm HF trial, Entresto was studied against analapril. Now, this was the first switch study comparing Entresto against the standard of care with the idea of not adding something, but replacing the existing standard of care. The outcomes from the trial showed a 20% relative risk reduction in both components of the primary endpoint, which were cardiovascular death or the risk of hospitalization for heart failure. This is a pretty substantial risk reduction versus the standard of care. Now, for this reason, the trial was also stopped early after a median follow-up of 27 months. Uh, with regards to safety, stopping the medicine due to side effects was more common in the enalapril arm than in the sacubitril valsartan. To summarize, Paradigm HF established Entresto's incremental benefits when patients were are switched from existing standard of care. Is there any credible evidence around the benefits of directly initiating Entresto in newly diagnosed patients? Or with heart failure or who have heart failure with reduced ejection fraction? That's a good question. So the data from uh, Paradigm HF trial triggered a few questions among the physicians, such as, if Entresto is so good, why not give it directly to heart failure patients? Why initiate them on ASRs at all? Or in other words, can we start a newly diagnosed heart patient directly on Entresto? Also, what about those heart failure patients who have been hospitalized due to an acute heart failure have just been stabilized, but not yet discharged from the hospital. Now, despite Paradigm HF being a large global trial, the questions around direct initiation and use in the hospital were not answered. So, a trial called Pioneer HF was undertaken to answer these questions. It was an eight-week study in 900 patients with the primary endpoint being cardiac remodeling as measured by the change in NT-proBNP level. Now, in this trial, about 30% of patients were newly diagnosed with heart failure, a large proportion of patients were not under as inhibitor therapy, and all patients were hospitalized with decompensated heart failure. Again, the results were fascinating. The primary endpoint favored Entresto with 47% reduction, reduction in anti-proBNP level compared with enalapril, which just caused 25% reduction. The benefit was consistent across different subgroups of patients that we spoke about earlier. The adverse effect profile was also comparable to the standard of care. The overall outcomes from this trial gave confidence to clinicians in recommending ARNIs as a preferable direct therapy for newly diagnosed heart failure patients with reduced ejection fraction. Great. So to summarize, Entresto's trial established that the medicine can be used in patients regardless of their existing RAS therapy and for those patients who are newly diagnosed. So moving from heart failure with reduced ejection fraction to patients whose heart's ejection fraction is preserved, do we have any evidence of Entresto's benefits in this latter category of patients? I'll take that one, sure. So 
we do yes we do have evidence in uh, for entresto and heart failure with preserved ejection fraction uh, and this is coming from a study called paragon hf now in this study entresto was compared uh, to valsartan in patients who had an ejection fraction of 45 and above now essentially these patients with are patients who have a heart failure with preserved ejection fraction and also some of them have heart failure with mildly reduced ejection fraction uh this trial looked at a total heart failure hospitalization and cardiovascular death as its primary outcome now this study narrowly missed its statistical significance on the primary endpoint in other words the primary composite outcome of total heart failure hospitalization and cardiovascular death did not differ significantly between the entresto group and the comparator which was the valsartan group However, subgroup analyses were conducted, which suggested that the benefits in heart failure patients with an ejection fraction in the lower range, which was between 45 to 57 percent, and in women who represent a high proportion of patients with heart failure and preserved ejection fraction, was seen in this study. Uh, but overall, we could say that the trial failed. However, that was not the end of it. In February 2021, after considerable discussion with the experts in the field. The US FDA expanded the approved indication for Entresto in chronic heart failure which was based on the outcomes from this Paragon HF trial. This approval came with a caveat though that the FDA said that the benefits are most clearly evident in patients with ejection fraction below normal. Now until Entresto there was essentially no pharmacological treatment approved for use in patients with preserved ejection fraction. Uh, Entresto is the first to cater to this patient population, even though the trial was not a slam dunk. Right. So Entresto was the first to be approved for treating patients diagnosed with guideline-defined heart failure to include both those with reduced as well as many with the preserved ejection fraction. And now we have a new entrant in this treatment space, a class of drugs called SGLT2 inhibitors. And we recently had a data from a product called empagliflozin, and that has shown good evidence in both heart failure with reduced as well as in preserved ejection fraction. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. We would love to read your comments and suggestions for future broadcasts. SGLT2s will be a topic for the next episode when we discuss this class of drugs and how this this entire class of drugs has transitioned from being a classical diabetes drugs to rapidly becoming a cardiovascular renal metabolic medicine. Until then, stay tuned. Thank you, Preeti and Param. Thank you. Thanks, Aditya. See you later. See you.